This is Truth Be Told. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And I have the pleasure of having, and she wanted me to call her this, uh, my best friend uh, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she forced that's how me. he got me on there. That's exactly. That. I had to. Uh, I had to agree to call her contractually agreed to call her my best friend on here before she would uh, come on here but <laughs> uh, miss hillary tears um she's a hygienist and a lot of people when they come to me uh, as a periodontist you know um come to me through their hygienist and so they have a lot of questions and a lot of questions that i truly believe that the hygienist should be answering okay so that's why i brought miss uh hillary on here to explain some of the questions that people have and you know her and I kind of worked together and uh said okay what are some of the questions that people ask you and and how can we explain it to the people that are listening right now and to the dentists because I truly believe that some dentists do a horrible job of giving good oral hygiene instructions to their uh patients and I'm saying that and I, you know what if if people hate on me it is what it is you know don't hate on uh <laughs> Miss Tears here but she you can hate on me and I'm okay with that I mean it is what it is this is not the first time I've gotten you know angry uh emails and <laughs> and 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 one stars from our podcast and by the way go ahead and rate our podcast because that's how I feel important okay <laughs> so uh Miss Tears what's going on <laughs> Make sure on? you rate this one okay especially this, this one, one especially this one because she's also full of herself but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway Miss Tears what's going on not too much how are you doing good good so so I want people to kind of get to know you a little bit better so just give us a little background give us your little background and you know what's going on with you where you went to school you know uh where you work now so okay so I went to school at Westmoreland County Community College I got my assisting degree there assisting certificate, went back and got the certification for that. And then I went back and got a hygiene degree, um, got my local anesthesia certification through there. Um, I went out working. I started at um, with Pedo and then I went to private practice for seven, eight years. From there, I went to Pittsburgh Job Corps. I was there for about three years. I got furloughed. And because of that, I ended up at the University of Pittsburgh um, in the dental school. And through there, I got my bachelor's degree um, in dental hygiene, and here I am. Okay, so it seems like you've done almost everything, all this, you know, from from public health all the way down to uh, private practice and up to uh, school. Okay, yes. so this is exactly why you're on here. You have the qualifications to, you know, talk about hygiene from multiple avenues, from different points of views. Okay, and so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go in there, and I'm going to answer ask questions that i feel like a lot of people want to know but you know again their dentists or hygienists aren't doing a good job and then we're going to jump into where you see the dental career and the dental field going okay, okay. when it comes to mm -hmm. hygiene and basically taking care of patients so the first question that everybody asks me is best floss to use that's tricky it depends on the person for me again it's my opinion um every patient is going to be different I don't recommend the same thing to every patient that I see. The floss that I hate the most, let's start there. Yeah, let's talk about the glide. one I hate the most. I absolutely dislike glide. And my reason being is because I can see with my loops on that when I floss people's teeth, I can see the plaque, the food, the whatnot still stuck in the teeth when I pull the floss out. I like the Listerine floss. It's Listerine. It's made by Johnson & Johnson. It almost looks like a shoelace. Um, it it's has the interweaving. You can go nicely in between the teeth. And then when you pull it out, the food, the plaque, the debris, whatever, is stuck in between the intertwines. 
and you pull it out and you can see what you're pulling out and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to floss more. Look at all the stuff I'm getting out from between my teeth. And then it makes them, encourages them to do more flossing. So I really push that one. A lot of people say, oh, but look how thick it is. But if I pull it, you know, um, you know, pull it, it gets thinner and then I can slide it in between the teeth and it pops back up again. So I really like the floss. That is my, my favorite. By far my favorite. My second one would just be a plain bent waxed. And some people I'll go with the non-waxed and that's again so they can hear the squeaking of a non-waxed floss against their tooth. And that's another tool for them to floss a little better if I want them to hear a squeak. Okay. Hear a squeak and then you're done. All right, cool. So Listerine is your favorite. Johnson uh, Johnson Listerine brand. Johnson yeah? Johnson Listerine brand. And your least favorite or the one you hate and use that strong, that's some strong oh, words. It's yes. it the glide because, and yes. the funny thing is I actually have a glide. So you hate me. And so we're going to move on. I don't hate you. I hate your flask. <laughs> there you go. But then again, remember who cleans your teeth. T- true. Word. Yeah. You, she's also my <laughs> hygienist. So yes. yes. And I need to get my act together. So yes. I want to talk about the Proxa brush. I use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can go online and, and, and look for this. It's basically, I always describe it as a baby bottle cleaner, a small version of the baby bottle cleaner. What do you think about mm-hmm. the Proxa brush for people who have periodontal disease and spaces between their teeth? I call the Proxa brush a pipe cleaner. A pipe um, cleaner, okay. So I say there's different sizes of pipe cleaners exactly that you'll see at uh, any Pacatans or Michaels. Um, I explain to them that there's little triangles in between your teeth. And the bigger that triangle is, is the more bone loss that you have. So you need to make sure that you get your pipe cleaner and stick it in between there so you can properly remove everything from in between the teeth. But the floss is just too thin and it's not going to remove anything. So I, I love it. My The brand I pick for that is Pixters by far. We used to use gum and Pixters has sizes 0 to 10. It's just amazing. You can see the magnitude of, of what a Pixter can do is so much better than than the gum brand so five stars to picksters and um i definitely recommend it dip into some listerine have added in between the teeth while you're watching you know wheel of fortune seven o'clock and yeah. we're good we're golden at least once a day and then i go, and then go to bed at like eight o'clock like i do <laughs> then but, go to bed at seven forty-five. <laughs> that's okay yeah. that's, i'm not judging myself or anybody else um uh-huh. let's talk about let's talk about your favorite uh, no, actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's talk about water pick. A lot of people mm-hmm. go, well, I use a water pick. Do mm-hmm. you think the water pick is the only thing you should use? And should you use that by itself or in combination with other stuff? I tell every single patient that I see that you're going to use your toothbrush, you're going to floss. And in addition to flossing, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, you can use a water pick if you want. Um, I you hear recommend that question a, water a lot. Pick? I do recommend a water pick, but I don't recommend it to every patient. Again, every single patient is completely different. A water pick, in my eyes, is only meant for somebody who has a ton of work. Um, the hybrids, the, the bridges, implants, other than that, you should just be using, you know, traditional toothbrush and toothpaste and floss. What about the water pick for uh, kids who have uh, ortho or patients ortho. who have ortho? Ortho would be great. I don't see too many ortho patients, so I, I really can't comment. Okay. I really don't know. Okay. What about your favorite toothpaste? I wouldn't say that I have a favorite toothpaste. I recommend whatever you like. And my reason being is it's not the toothpaste that gets the stuff off your teeth. It is the friction of the toothbrush that's getting the stuff off your teeth. No magical scrubbing bubbles come out of your toothpaste and scrub your teeth. Um, the toothpaste isn't on your teeth long enough to whiten them. Uh, so I, if you want to do whitening because you think it whitens or you 
like the flavor of it or you like how it makes your teeth smooth or whatever, knock yourself out. Whatever toothpaste you want to do, do it. I, I hear a lot of people ask me about Sensodyne. Should I use Sensodyne? Again, some people aren't even sensitive and they're using Sensodyne. I personally, and I will tell them that I personally do not like Sensodyne because I don't like the flavor of it. I don't like how it doesn't film up. That's just my preference. I don't like it, but I want you to try it. And I want you to come back and tell me what you think about it. I tell them to make sure you, you floss first. I hear that for, that question all the time as well about flossing. When should I floss? You're going to floss first. Why? Because I want the fluoride from the toothpaste to go in between your teeth and help you with the sensitivity and the cavity control. So you recommend um, flossing first before you, you brush your teeth? It would be ideal if you would floss first. Absolutely. It's in the textbook to do that. Man, I, I'm, I'm I am happy if you floss wrong. at all. <laughs> okay. I don't care when you floss. If you floss, man, you're power to you. You're my favorite. Okay, um, okay. But but <laughs> ideally, but research says that you should floss you should first. Floss first. That ha- mm-hmm. actually has better. So that's something that a lot of people probably don't know. You know, yeah. when do I floss? Should I floss before or after? You say floss first yeah. and then brush. Floss your teeth. first because you get all the all the food out from in between your teeth. Floss first and then brush so the the uh, fluoride can get in between your teeth because okay. that's the purpose of the toothpaste is going to be the fluoride. All right. The next question is, so mm-hmm. how often should I get my teeth cleaned? We know that insurance, and we all hate insurance, but we know insurance mm-hmm. says, oh, well, we'll pay for twice a year. But not mm-hmm. everybody fits in that category, right? Not everybody fits in that category. Yeah, so how, I see, how often? I, again, every patient is different. I have patients that I see every two months. I see that particular patient every two months because um, there is cancer. We have some oral cancer problems and there's no saliva. He doesn't have any saliva. So I see him every two months. I see a lot of the patients. Again, I'm in perio. Um, so I see patients every three to four months. A lot of the patients that I do see have implants. So I want to maintain them. You want to keep those implants. You got to keep them nice and clean. And to do so, you need to be able to maintain them by getting your teeth clean more frequently. It's easier for me to catch something that you're missing, tell you that you're missing it. And this is how you correct it in a three month than waiting six months or even a year to come back and, and see me so I can tweak your regimen that you're doing at home. Let's talk about implants real quick because I have an implant myself. You know, I tell that to all my patients so that they can feel that I'm connected with them, you know, which I am mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I had to go through a lot for my implants. But the question I have for you is when it comes to implants, do people treat implants, should they treat implants exactly the same, saying, okay, you know, I'm coming every six months? Or do you think that they should do three months? If you have an implant, equals three months. I think... The first, by by far, the first is you need to be educated on that implant before you even get the implant. You need to understand when I get an implant, I am going to change the way I'm flossing. I can no longer smoke. I may need to get some sort of night guard. It's you need to know what you're getting yourself into. That is my my first complaint with these implants. People are, they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. They think it's sort of like a breast implant. You get it in, aesthetically it's there, and then you walk away and it's done. It's beautiful. There it is. That's not, that's, that's not how it is. So, um, <laughs> education first, by far first education. You need to know what you're getting yourself into. Right. Um, then after you get your implant, I like to see the patient and let's go over everything that we can possibly do. Let's do end tough brushes. Let's do, um, the implant floss. Let's get proxy brushes. Let's do, uh, in-betweens. Let's change our toothbrush. Let's do this. I'm going to give you all of this stuff. I want you to give it a whirl and then come back and tell me what you don't like and what you do like. And then we're going to look at what you're doing in your mouth and we're going to say, hey, this isn't working. Let's try something else. Or that's not working. Let's do this. I like to see them every three to four months. 
And then if they're doing a fantastic job, like one implant, fantastic job, okay, we can go to six, but I want to make sure I get x-rays, x-rays at least every two years. Um, the PA on that, on that implant and just make sure you don't have any bone loss so they don't have any issues. Do you but, think that, do you think that people underestimate <clears throat> the importance of getting implants? Cause I feel like now, you know, a lot of people are like, well, okay, you know, my tooth has a cavity in there. Let's go ahead and take it out and place it. So let's pull it out and put an implant in. Right. Exactly. Instead of getting that root canal done, let's pull it out and put an implant. I, I think implants are, like you say in some of your other podcasts, that implants are like the go-all, and it's it's not. And then when people get the implant, they're not always happy. Right. Uh, the, crown, the crown isn't always fitting the way they thought it was going to fit. They, the black triangle it's bigger. It's bigger than what they thought it was going to be. They're getting broccoli stuff in between that implant constantly. It's constant flossing. It's constant proxy brushing. It's constant swishing with Listerine so they can go out and talk to their friends after they eat. And it's not, it's not a go all for everybody. It's, it's not. Right. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I place implants and I think implants and I have an implant myself and I, I, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, wor- it's good to have because of the fact that now you're not sacrificing two teeth to get a bridge or something like that. Right. But yes. like you said, I think people underestimate what you have to do to maintain that implant. Just I don't because think they're implant, educated. Okay, that is, there you go. They're just not educated. They're not educated on what is to come after you get that implant in. And whose fault do you think that is? Do you think it's the hygienist? Because patients see hygienists more than they see their doctor. Or do you think it's a doctor who placed the implant and who restored the implant? Who do you think is responsible for trying to educate the patient? I think that's a tough one. I know, I'm never right? going to blame Listen, the hygienist. Come uh, on. See, it's your fault, Walter. It's your <laughs> fault, damn it. You're biased. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to go ahead and edit this part <laughs> it, so, to, so that I can edit and make it sound like you said the, the hygienist. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All of a sudden, my voice will get real deep. Exactly. Right? Hygienist. <laughs> oh, okay, Hillary. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I personally think that it, it is... It's a team effort. It's everybody. Everybody right. needs to be on the same page. I think right. for, for you, your hygienist needs to be on the same page with what you would recommend. Right. And then you would need to be on the same page and write in your notes. A lot of the stuff is not written correctly. Write in your notes what you see. And then the hygienist should pretty much be the one educating. I, I really think hygienists educate a whole lot better than dentists do. Right. A whole lot better. Well, um, like worlds better. Okay, okay, I need you to focus. Uh, <laughs> stop saying worlds and way, and I, I can't believe how amazing we are as hygienists. But okay, exactly. so let's, let's rock. Well, let's talk about that, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that the field of of hygiene uh, is changing in the sense that do you think that hygienists are now more focused on making money versus actually educating their patients like they're supposed to? Right? For example, I, I, every time I come to get a cleaning from you right you would sit me down you'll show me it you know show tell do right you show me you say this exactly how you do this and this and that and this and you do that with a lot of your patients because you're in the school system right do you think outside of that which you've worked in private practice do you think that hygienists have time to actually educate their patients the way they're supposed to to prevent issues in the future it depends on what practice that you're in I mean, because of the setting that I'm in, I have appropriate time and whatever I need to make sure that that patient is, is educated and I'm not rushed. I'm not rushed at all. Right. Do you talk in, to your in friends? In private though? practice, yeah. you, it's like 40 minutes. You have 40 minutes to, to seat your patient, do a medical history. If there's any changes, how's the dog? How's the kids? Let's look at your teeth. Oh, you're not flossing. Let me show you how to floss one more time. Oh, we need a doctor. Um, and then they forget to tell you medications. And then you need to take x-rays. And before you know it, you're behind. And then to catch up, 
guess what's happening to the patient after that one? Somewhere you need to make up the time. You have to. So you're kind of pushed and you're skipping things that you probably should not be skipping, but you are because you you are not taking x-rays on the next one because you need to stay caught up. I think that the doctors need to give the hygienist more time. 40 minutes is, is not is not sufficient time to you know, do everything that you need to do. It's funny you say that because, you know, I, I listen to some of these um, uh, courses that doctors take, you know, about how do you become more profitable? How do you, you know, get the most out of your hygienist? And they talk about 40 minutes, 45 minutes for your hygienist. Like, why does your hygienist need any more time than that? And I yeah, think there's what, practice management, practice management and whatnot push exactly that the right. hygienist needs to diagnose like 80% perio and you need to find the perio. You need to do these scaling and root plantings on a four millimeter pocket, things like that. Um, I'm on a hygiene group on Facebook and I see a lot of the girls on there commenting that their office is pushing, you know, 12 patients a day, 15 patients a day, and they're working a, an eight hour shift. It's, it's too much. It's hard on our bodies. Our bodies really suffer. Our neck, our wrists, our back is just killing us. But not only that, you know, we're not we're not doing a service to the patient by making us work like that. It's it's definitely not good for the patient. Okay, let's talk about this group of yours in the hygiene, uh, <coughs> because this is where all the hygienists get together on Facebook and they kind of talk about what's actually happening, right? Mm-hmm. And do you find that a lot of them talk about, oh, well, you know what, I the way I get paid. I have no choice. If I want to make a living, I have no choice but to diagnose more scaling and root plane. And even if the patient doesn't need it or, or diagnose more of this, diagnose, give, you know, sell more of this. Do you notice that in, 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 in those groups? I see on there, a lot of them are asking how much money hourly do you make in, in such and such area? Right. Um, there's a big difference between Pennsylvania and California. I mean, huge difference. Well, um, yeah. And a, a lot of them are trying to get on some sort of production and they go on there and ask, you know, what do you guys think about me getting production plus a base salary? Um, and a lot of them are saying, don't do it. I was never paid like that. And, I can't imagine being paid like that because then you are overdiagnosing to try to make a paycheck. I was always uh, compensated hourly, right, or sal or salary, right. Uh, what? So you see that kind of problem then? Yeah. Okay. I, so I, you, you I definitely see, see it, people yes. overdiagnosing. Oh yeah. Okay. And and what are some of the issues um, when it comes to you know taking care of patients? What are some of the problems that a lot of those um, girls and guys? What are the problems that they're talking about? Do you think, do you think that, you know, these, uh, patients are, do they feel like these patients are being taken care of well? Do you feel like these patients are being rushed out of the office so that they can see the next one? Oh, they're being rushed. They're being rushed through the treatment and they're not able to get their stuff done and they're complaining about time management. If they're not able to see the patient and they're going through their lunch, they're going through, um, the end of the day is, is being wiped out because they're trying to keep up with this, this type of, uh, schedule that's out there for them and they don't really have a say so because it's what the doctor wants. If the doctor wants you to see 30 patients, you have to see 30 patients or you don't have a job. In some areas, it's really hard to find a hiding job. When I first got out, um, here out in like a Greensburg area, there, there wasn't any jobs and now there's like temping is the way to go. So I think you're pretty fortunate if you have a full-time job. So you want to keep the full-time job. So you basically want to do whatever your employer asks of you. Yes. Okay. Let's, you know, let's, let's switch subject real quick. Um, I get a lot of, uh, people asking me about the Quip electric toothbrush. I get a lot, I, I hear commercials. It's kind of like Invisalign now, right? I hear tons of commercials yes. about it, right? And so, you know, we were talking, you actually went and got, um, the Quip, 
you got the quip electric toothbrush so that you could actually talk about it and then you asked your your colleagues about the quip electric toothbrush yes so I, I want you to go ahead and give us a little synopsis basically a breakdown of what you think about the quip electric toothbrush so whenever you mentioned it to me, I put it on that, that Facebook page and I said, what do you girls think about this, this, this toothbrush called the Quip? And I got maybe 30 replies telling me just very short crap. Just oh. crap. And yes. I'm like, okay. So oh, I, I got that, but nobody told me what or why. So I went to Target and I screenshot myself with this Quip toothbrush and sent it to Walt. It was pretty funny. Say, <laughs> yeah, to you know, prove I'm it. I'm only doing this for, for <laughs> you know, my BFF, right? BFF status. So I bought the toothbrush. I brought it home. I tried it. And it is almost like it has a thick handle, which is wonderful for uh, a patient with uh, arthritis, um, Parkinson's, things that they can't, they can't grasp a thin toothbrush. I love the handle. It's really great. And that is about the best thing of that toothbrush. And the uh, Facebook people, they were absolutely right. All the hygienists that wrote that it was crap, it was a crap brush. It's like taking your cell phone when it's vibrating. And putting it on the handle of the brush and then brushing your teeth. It's like your handle is vibrating and your toothbrush really isn't. It's a regular toothbrush. So regular toothbrush <laughs> with the with the handle vibrating. So let me get this right. So your toothbrush that you bought twenty five dollars, right? When you twenty five dollars. Actually- I bought the kid version. I bought the kid version of it because the adult version was just shy of a horse brush. So I bought the kid version because I, I I always push with a smaller toothbrush. Okay. So I went with a smaller, smaller kid version. It's twenty five dollars. Give it a whirl, see what you think. And I got a vibrating handle on a toothbrush. <laughs> so let me get this right. <laughs> so a toothbrush, I can go to Walmart, I can mm-hmm. go to Target, I can go to CVS anywhere and buy a toothbrush for maybe. I mean, if I really go out of my way and buy a really nice one, it's like mm-hmm. five dollars. Yes. Right. And you're telling right. me that I'm going to spend twenty five dollars for a vibrating handle. Yes. So, so, so I just want to make sure this is correct. So, so you're telling me that <laughs> the only thing that comes out of this toothbrush is not even the bristles actually vibrate and clean your teeth. It's the oh, handle no. oh, vibrates. Yes, just the handle. The just handle the vibrates. Ha- so really, <laughs> I, I'm just confused because everybody seems to love this thing. And you're telling me that it's not worth it at all. No. All you get is a vibrate, if, vibrate. If you were give, if you were giving me it for free, I would use it for the three months and be done with it. Other than that, I wouldn't waste my money on it. Give me the twenty five dollars, well. And then you'll go buy you five dollar toothbrush and say, use this one; it's better. Or exactly. Or as as equal. Um, but the funny thing about it is, with the Quip, you have to do a monthly subscription. And what comes yes. with the monthly subscription? It or three, comes three with a new, I'm sorry, new bristles months. and some toothpaste. So every three months you get a new bristle that does mm-hmm. not vibrate or do anything. Correct. And a toothpaste. Yes. And it's $5. It's a $5 subscription. It's nothing. $5 subscription, you get a bristle that doesn't do anything and a toothpaste. Is, is the yes. toothpaste at least awesome? It, the kid one, it said it's strawberry, but I didn't taste it. I don't have it in the package. You didn't. They didn't even give, they didn't even give me a sample of it. So all they gave you was just a toothbrush that... A vibrating hand. handle toothbrush, yes. That's it. And then I took this toothbrush and I put it in water because you said that you've heard that it doesn't even splash water. Right. So I did that this morning just to see what would happen. And it's almost like if you took like a pan of jello and you shook the pan, that's the vibration that you got, like a little bit of a wave. And and a lot of uh, like Oral-B and Sonicare, they talk about how, you know, by getting some of that 
toothpaste and you know uh, the vibration going through in mm-hmm. between your teeth, it actually helps break break apart some of the biofilm or like yes. basically the, where the bacteria live. And you're telling mm-hmm. me that the Quip electric toothbrush does not do anything along that line. It doesn't even move the water. No. I can put my finger in water and move it. And more. move your finger. Yes. <laughs> so, so I should go get my, I should get toothpaste, put it on my finger, and then just shake it around, and I'm yes. doing better than the Quip. Yeah, you would probably have more of movement of water with your finger than you would that toothbrush. I'm yes. gonna start selling. I'm gonna start selling like regular toothbrush and, and put my face on it and sell for twenty five dollars and then have a membership. Every three months, you get a picture of my face on your bristle. <laughs> with, with and the, when the bristle wears off, your you, face is no longer exactly. That's when you, that's when you get a new one, so you exactly. can see my face again. And then you're also going to get a toothpaste that I bought from the dollar store. But I'm going to charge you five dollars. Exactly. Okay. So, America, I'm going to tell you this: if anybody steals my idea, I'm suing the hell out of you. That's your marketing scheme. That right? is my. It's not. Whoa, whoa! Don't call it a scheme. <laughs> call it a marketing. Advancement plan. plan. That's even better, right? There okay. I don't want to call it a scheme because Quip is not a scheme. It's a yeah, marketing plan. Okay. So yes, I I I've heard the same exact thing, and I'm so glad that you went out and I mean honestly, it's so funny to me. You went out and got one just to prove a point and be like, okay, you yep. know what? If I'm going to talk about it, let me just actually use it. And you used let me it. Use it. And you absolutely hated it. <laughs> yes, I hated it. So on and a scale I also, of one to I 10. also tell my patients, too, that I, I'm not going to give you something that I've never tried. I've tried the water picks. I tried proxy brushes in my really tight teeth just to see what happens. And Walter, let's see if you did the same thing. Okay. I told you to buy the Philip Sonic Fusion. The one that has, it's like basically the the um, the water pick and the toothbrush together. Yes. I did not did buy, you buy it. it. No, I did not. Oh. I did not. I did. I'm oh. not going to lie to you. I did not buy it. Um, I'm going to now. Uh, guys, you see what type of friend I am and what type of friend he is, right? True. Well, so now you just embarrass me in my own podcast. So <laughs> I'm going to delete that this part as well. That part and is being deleted as it's well. It's going to be deleted. So people think that I'm an awesome, uh, you know, dentist and I, I listen and, and listen to my hygienist. So do just, as I say. Just like any other patient, he does not listen. Yes. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. Exactly. Uh, we're going to delete this part. So I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk you know let's wrap it up and just kind of have a little more fun um let's talk about some of the things that you've noticed in dentistry in general right let's talk about your pet peeves because i I, you know the last few episodes i just had a whole episode where i just complained right so i feel like now it is my duty to just give everybody who comes on here an opportunity to complain because i it was very it was very therapeutic for me i felt good i I, I felt good i'm sure that people were just like he's crazy but i felt good so tell me, what are some of your pet peeves when it comes to patients? I don't know which one to pick. How how much time do we have? Oh, you you can go for as long as you want. I'll stop you and cut it off whenever because I, okay. I'm in control of it. So <laughs> I, I think one of the nastiest things that people do is they take their shoes off, but I don't understand why. Why do you have to take your shoes off to sit in the dental chair? Um, another one would be, which is really kind of crazy to me, is you know how you sit in a dental chair, like where you put your butt? Yes. People people put their head there. So you they sit upside lay, down? Yeah, they'll lay. They'll put their head where your butt is and they'll lay down the chair. And I have to do everything in my power not to laugh. <laughs> well, well, so you're telling me that patients actually sit backwards on the chair? No. Like, like if you were sitting in the chair, slide yourself the whole way down. Like where oh. your feet are, your butt is there. Oh, jeez. So then, yeah. so <laughs> do they not see that you're at the other end, like the way uh, other end of the other chair? end? Yeah, yeah you're I, like, um, I, I can't reach you. 
I'm not quite sure what office they think they're in that you lay down like that. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, your butt goes there. Got and like, you. Oh. Uh, another one is they sit in my chair, which I don't seem to understand. Why are you sitting in my chair? Get in your own chair. So they sit in your chair and they think that they're going to get They think that I'm sitting in the, the patient chair. So I get a lot of that. That's, that's, that's frequent. Okay. So that's. Okay. Let's, let's, let's ask you what are your, your, your pet peeves when it comes to, cause you're, you're a teacher. You know, mm-hmm. you teach de- dental students and stuff like that. So I want to ask you when it comes to dental students and stuff, <coughs> what do you think is beneficial for them to, how do you think that you should teach them how to learn about hygiene and how to basically move on with that because let me just speak from my own facts right when i get it when they get out of school and i'm working with them as colleagues i've realized that they don't understand perio nor do they understand what they're doing with periodontal patients so what do you think they need to actually learn when they're in dental school because i have a lot of dental students that listen to this podcast so what's the one advice that you'd say learn before you actually go and in, 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 you know into the real world and work i think while they're in the school they need to ask for help. I see a lot of patients or students that who that they won't ask for help. They won't let us know when they're struggling. When you have so many students, you can't exactly give everybody one-on-one. Those who ask for help are the ones that you give the one-on-one to. I personally love working in smaller groups. I think it's it's comfortable with for me to be able to pick up and get the vibe of what they are feeling, not feeling, I can ask them questions there. Instead of talking in front of a hundred people of their peers, they may think it's a stupid question. They will only talk to me in front of smaller groups. I think that's the way to go. A smaller group is definitely by far the way to go for perio and for hygiene in general, just to work one-on-one, work three-on-one in I'm not quite sure if that answers your question or no, not, it does. but that's, it does. that's what I think they need. They need one-on-one and they need to be able to open up and explain their thought process because a lot of the times they don't talk. You know, let me tell you, um, if I had a school, this is what mm-hmm. I would do, right? I would pair the dental students with the the second-year hygiene students. Let me explain what I mean by that. Because the second-year hygiene students, hygiene in general, they are really good with using all their instruments. They're really good learning about periodontal disease and different kinds of oral hygiene instructions and stuff like that. And the dental students don't really learn that much of it, right? So if you pair up, you can actually teach each other the things they need need to know. And you're getting ready for the real world where you have that dynamic with each other, you see? So that's mm-hmm. what I would do. That's That's exactly what I would do. But maybe that's a stupid idea, and that's probably why I don't have my own school. Make sure that you don't delete that from the podcast so then I can take your idea and take it back and then put my name on it. Well, I'm going to sue you if you do that. But that's another story. For <laughs> Thank, I have the best idea. I think the dental students need to pair up with the hygiene students. Right. I, I mean, and so what advice would you give to patients? And this will be kind of like wrapping up here. What advice would you give to patients on how to make sure that they're getting the most they can from their hygienist? What questions ask, would you ask your hygienist? Ask questions. Okay. Definitely ask questions. You have to talk to your to your hygienist. Not only talk to your hygienist about your dogs, your kids, what's going on with your house, your new windows, your new car. Talk about what is going on with my mouth. Show me. A lot of show me what you see. Let me hold a mirror and show me exactly what you're seeing so I completely understand. And then repeat it back to the hygienist so you do understand. A lot of the patients don't want to look in a the mirror. They're there. They sit down. 
and they say, I hate the dentist. That's another pet peeve. I hate the dentist. Well, they say that about me. I just ignore them. I say I'm not a dentist. <laughs> well, there you go. It <laughs> is very true. Uh, <laughs> That's why I don't get a dental school, because you're going to love me. This so, is very true. For some reason, I always get the patients that are very high anxiety, right. and I spend the time with them, and, you know, once you talk to them about their family and whatnot, and their dog, their cat, their cars, they seem to loosen up and, and, and talk, and that's the rapport that I have with my patients is just talk, and then I'm able to hand them a mirror and let me show you what I see, and I think that's the way to get your, your patient to trust you, is by explaining everything in a way that they can understand it. And then have them explain it back to you. And then this is what we're going to do to correct that problem. I'm going to give you this toothbrush and this end tough brush and this coffee brush. And you're going to give this all world. I give you a ton of goodies. Like, take it all home. And I want you to give it a, a try. Try it at least one time and then come back. And you have to report back to me. And then I'll write that up in the notes that I gave them X, Y, and Z. When they come back, you know, tell me about that end tough brush. Did you use it? Okay. You know, and it makes them believe that, you know, you remembered them. And, oh, my goodness, I didn't use it, and she's going to hate me. Okay. And then they actually do do what I tell them to. Okay. And last question is, do you think that hygienists and dental offices should be selling products to patients? Um, for example, like, oh, well, you know, we have this desensitizing toothpaste that we're selling to you, or we're selling this and this and that. What do you think about that? Because that happens. Patients are getting sold uh, electric toothbrushes in dental offices. I think, I personally think that if you're going to sell something in your office, um, like Prevident, um, or electric toothbrushes, you need to sell it at a discount price. Okay. I, I, I don't think that the dentist should be trying to get a profit off of things like this, especially when you only have one model. This is a Sonicare and I expect every patient to have a Sonicare. I do not recommend a Sonicare for every single one of my patients. Right. And I don't recommend Prevident for every single one of my patients. But again, if you're in a dental office and you get, you know, kickback or commission on the, that Sonicare that you're selling, the hygienist is recommended that Sonicare for every single patient just so she can have a bonus so she can buy her kids Christmas gifts. Oh, geez. It's okay. Things, it's <laughs> things like that. Okay. So, that just got very sad. Yeah, uh, it did. Okay. You know, that's, it's true though. Right. So, you know, and then the dentists are sending us home because, you know, the patient's canceled. You know, there's a three hour gap and instead of using us elsewhere, they send you home. Well, that three hours of wage is not lost. You okay. have to make it up somewhere. So now you're Every selling. Si- now you're recommending a Sonicare for everybody. Right. Regardless if they have one tooth or 32 teeth. I hate when those everybody, one tooth. Everybody gets a Sonicare. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> using a Sonicare for just one tooth? That's crazy. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and end it here. Yeah, what is uh, one advice you would give to patients when it comes to, and, and doctors in general, when it comes to, you know, properly taking care of yourself and your teeth. Listen to your hygienist. Listen to your hygienist. <laughs> That's simple enough. Listen to your hygienist. I, I can't give you anything else because every single person is different. It's different for every single patient. I'm going to tell is. you something different if you have dentures, if you have one implant on your front tooth, number nine. Right. Or if, you know, you have five implants and an overdenture. It's going to be completely different for each patient. But that, so I think just that's, listen to your hygienist. Yeah, but I think that's really what I wanted to get out of it was the fact that everybody's different. So you shouldn't have – your hygienist should not be telling every single person the same exact thing, right? They should not be each saying person the same thing be, over and over again. No. Exactly. Each person should be treated differently, and that's really what yes. I wanted to get. And so by asking your hygienist questions, pushing them to actually explain stuff to you, you'll end up getting the most out of uh, your appointments each time. 
Yeah, definitely. And you you get more out of your teeth in general because you're able to understand what what the purpose of these toothpastes and toothbrushes and proxy brushes and flosses and things Perfect. that she's recommending to you. All right. Well, impact. thank you so much, Hillary, for coming on here. We definitely appreciate it. And um, honestly, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better as, as a patient uh, to listen to you. Because in the end, it seems like you just listen to the hygienist and you're going to just be a, a superstar and you're going to keep all your teeth. And I want to keep all my teeth. That's right. Good. All right. So I, I will except listen. that one, the, the implant one. Yeah. I, I, so, and I want so to keep close. that too. I want to keep that too. Yeah. You know, I paid a lot for it. So I want to keep it. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Hey, thanks for having me. It's awesome talking to you. Well, I appreciate you coming through. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's real dentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S, at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.